Hey yo, that's my best Scott Hall impression. Welcome to Puff Sports Talk episode 9, coming at you live. Guys, special shout out again to Sophie Miranda. The future sister-in-law has made this beat for us. And we want you guys to decide. Do you want us to use last week's beat or this week's beat? Episode 8 or episode 9? Let us know. We're going to leave it up to you all. To me, both beats are fire. By the way, happy birthday, Sophie. Hope it was a good one for you. Guys, we got a chock-full show for you today. We've got a special soccer correspondent who's going to break down all the Premier League stuff that Tim got wrong and Evan got wrong and myself got wrong and Devin got wrong. We're going to talk about is the U.S. men's soccer team worth betting on, whether it's the future World Cup or the one coming up in six years. We're going to give you all that information. We're going to try to win you some money. We're going to talk about opening day in baseball. It's back, baby. Yanks versus Nats, Dodgers, Giants. We've got it all covered for you. We're going to talk about UFC Fight Island 3 in my heater that I'm on. Uh, we're going to talk about NASCAR. We're going to talk about PJ Golf. And guys, don't forget about that giveaway. It's still going strong. You got until August 2nd, so we're down to our final two weeks here. That prize pool has gotten fat. So keep those likes, questions, comments, suggestions. Keep them coming. Keep them rolling. Guys, let's get this episode popping. Episode 9 coming at you live. We got the boys here. Plus, we have our soccer correspondent, Danny, the Dr. Mendez. Got two doctors on the show this week, so we're pretty pumped about that. Uh, let's break into current events first. And with that, we have our first segment of Mendez's Minutes. Mendez's Minutes. Mendez, tell us about the Premier League, MLS, whatever soccer goodness you have. Just clean up Tim's act from last week. Let's start there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I was uh, able to tune in a little bit uh, last week. Um, and yeah, I listened to the MLS picks and I think, I don't think you named an MLS team. Um, also, Evan totally said the San Jose Sharks when he was talking about the San Jose Earthquakes and the Sharks play hockey. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely a great, uh, listen to, um, I won't we be going over too that. much MLS, uh, because, uh, it sucks and it's a joke, no offense to any MLS fans, but there was like, uh, some good points. I think last time you talked about like Wayne Rooney and Zlatan Ibrahimovic coming over to the MLS and playing Zlatan no longer plays in the MLS. He plays for Italy again. Um, he went back to Milan, but, uh, the Premier League is rounding, winding down, rounding down, rounding up. I don't know. Uh, so they play like 38 games and they're about 37 games. And there was actually some big games today. Man United and West Ham drew 1-1. And then Liverpool and Chelsea were in a barn burner at 5-3. to three. Uh, Chelsea was getting absolutely demolished. And then they kind of came back. Christian Pulisic, the American, did some kind of wondrous things. And it ended 5-3, Liverpool won because they are um, easily the best team. Uh, Can we in the talk Premier about League, the American? Can we talk oh, yeah. about so, a little bit? Yeah, so he is an American. He was born in, like, he's from, I'm a huge soccer nerd for all the people listening. Um, I, I don't know if it's, like, a, probably not a great thing. I can recount all this random information. But he was born <laughs> in Michigan. He played for, like, a travel team in Michigan before he moved to Germany where he played for a club, uh, Borussia Dortmund. He kind of went through their youth academy and uh, really got some playing over there. There's actually a current American there, too, named Giovanni 
Reina, who he plays for Dortmund as well, kind of a youth product. Um, there's a lot of German-born and German-Americans that play in the Bundesliga instead of MLS, usually because the competition is better. Um, so Pulisic, two years ago, three years ago, I don't remember, studying and things school like that has made it. But he moved to Chelsea on a, I don't know, $60 million transfer or something like that. Um, he's actually, he's coached by Frank Lampard. If For any old soccer people, he's that's the new Chelsea manager. So he likes his youngsters. So it's actually kind of, I hate Chelsea a lot. Uh, they're one of Tottenham's biggest rivals. Um, but he's getting some solid playtime and game time from Frank Lampard. And he, uh, I guess his technical position is like a right winger. So he plays kind of like right attacking soccer. Um, but he can kind of play anywhere in that front role, scoring goals, driving in. He's got, he's very quick. So it's kind of exciting to see since USA didn't qualify for the last World Cup. It's exciting to see we have a group of kind of young American talent. I think some of it's overrated. There's definitely, a, it's something to be excited about for U.S. soccer fans. Uh, there's a whole collection of them. How is old this, is he? Uh, 24, 23. 21. 21. I, uh, got, wow. I got pulled up. Yeah, He's yeah. that young? Uh, wow. Is he the answer for the U.S. men's team? Like, especially with the Olympics coming back to America. Um, can, we, can we count, or the world, can we count on the U.S. men's team really doing some good for us? So that's, I, that's a great question. It's tough. It's probably the most excited we could get about um, in a while. There, I know we missed the last World Cup, and that has a lot to do with, like, you have people who blame the coach, which was Jurgen Klinsmann at the time. Uh, some people don't blame him. Some people blame U.S. soccer. And I think both of those answers are not necessarily wrong, but not as best. I, don't, I think when you dichotomize it to either the coach's fault or the institution fault, you're missing that it's probably a mixture of both is the safe answer for it. Um, so, cause like he had a problem where he only really wanted to play like young internationals. And I think the young internationals are better than like the MLS players. Cause for some reason, DeMarcus Beasley was starting left back for us, like in the last world cup qualifying and he's a hundred years old and cannot play soccer anymore. So I think him, he's a great name to look out for, for anyone who wants to like start getting heavy into us soccer world cup time is coming up. The next one's in Qatar or Qatar as it's as commonly known. Um, and then the one after that's in world cup or is the, is the World Cup in the United States. The finals will probably be held at the Meadowlands. Uh, so get your tickets for Jersey and New York now. So I think uh, by that one, you're going to have a lot of players in their prime, usually around the ages of like 26 to 28. Um, you're going to have like, uh, instead of a mix of like young players with a bunch of old washed up Landon Donovans, you're going to have a group of like really solid core Christian Pulisic's, um, the goalkeeper, Zach Steffen, he plays for Dusseldorf, and he's very good. You're going to have a – there's a young right back out of Ajax in Netherlands named Serginio Dest. He's a player to watch. Um, it'll be interesting how you can mold that talent because what some people don't understand is that, like, players who play in the MLS are playing against, like, D-tier athletes for professional soccer at best. And when you have players playing in the Bundesliga or the Premier League, it's or the La Liga or the Italian Serie A, you're going against top-notch competition every single time instead of playing against uh, not very good American soccer players. Yeah. So are you saying we're going to have more? Because, like, I'm thinking of, like, the Clint Dempsey, Tim Howard, like those, like that year – it felt like, okay, we've got a couple guys that are playing like high level in Europe or elsewhere. Like, do we have more of that coming in 2024? Or is it about the same? 
that it's I, I, I think it's going to be, I don't know if you're going to have like, in all honesty, like Tim Howard, um, I'm an American soccer hater, but I will like, <laughs> I'm honest, like Tim, Tim Howard is, is, was a solid Premier League goalkeeper for a number of years. Like he was very, very solid uh, between the sticks. Um, Clint Dempsey was probably one of our best international players, if not best American soccer players. Landon Donovan was always overrated. Everyone talked about him because he could run really fast in a straight line, and that was about it. So it was um, Josie Altidore. Dude, so yeah, Josie, Josie Altidore is tough on a whole nother level. Yeah, but I think we have – I think there's – a if everyone progresses like they should, that team should be better than, like, the Clint Dempsey, Landon Donovan, Tim Howard – um, I think Zach Steffen has potential to be better than Tim Howard. I think uh, uh, we have some pretty good young strikers. Timothy Weah, who plays for PSG in France, and he's on loan for Celtic right now, a Scottish club. His dad is like a like legend soccer player, played for PSG, the best team in France forever. Um, and he's out there on loan. Josh Sargent plays for a German team. Parker will love him. That's a tall, redheaded boy um, with a cannon for a leg. Kid can shoot. Um, and then you just kind of, it's like a weird mix where like, hopefully if everyone progresses and injuries and things like that, like you're not like, hopefully there's a solid team. There's a couple of center midfielders out in Germany named Weston McKenney and Tyler Adams, who both play like a CDM, like kind of hold in role where like they're solid players. Like it's, I hate, like I'm a hater for them, but like, I, I, I cannot admit that. I mean, that's solid talent that could be progressed into like a Premier League team, a bigger German team will want to buy them one day if they keep progressing the way they should. I think Tyler Adams, for example, just got bought by Leipzig like a season ago instead of the team he instead of he was playing for the New York Red Bulls and he got switched over to the German team that's owned by Red Bulls. So I guess shout out Red Bulls if we're doing sponsors. Give me, send me free drinks. Um, <laughs> uh, so like, yeah, it's, it, I think there's, I want to, I say it reserved because U.S. soccer has hurt me so many times in the past when I've been excited about them. Um, there is potential for them to maybe make some noise and uh, play some fun, fun to watch soccer. Uh, but I don't know. I've said that before. And then they've played like dog shit. So what I'm hearing is USA opening up at plus 10,000 odds. <laughs> I'm putting my money on them. That's what I'm hearing, boys. And like if we're if we're betting, here I come. Yeah, no. If we're betting, if you wanna, if you wanna maybe make a push for that twenty, what is it, twenty twenty four, twenty two World Cup, whenever the next one is, uh, whenever the one in the U.S. is, I would not be afraid to put like a little bit of money on USA to like win it, especially like winning in the U.S. Like after, I mean, just the story kind of writes itself. We have had a terrible political system here recently. We've had awful bad things in America going on in these past 10 years. What's a better fucking story than some like bullshit sport thing happening, bringing like everything together and making people feel good for a little bit. USA, like, USA, yeah. USA. Uh, so yeah, if you want to bet on the world cup that's in the U S I would not, I, it would not be out of the realm of possibility for USA to like win that per se. I mean, I, there's, I don't think they will, but hell, if it's like a thousand dollar to win, Oh, 50 grand why the hell not has the world cup ever been in the united states before yeah they did a u.s mexico one i think i'm not entirely i know they i know they did mexico in like the 80s i don't know if it's ever been in here in like recent times because i was just um, thinking like again like americans following soccer i mean me and tim are perfect examples of that in last week's podcast where like we there's just not really a following for it and where we watch, you know, we watch NFL and we're trying to 
kind of bridge that with London games, but you know, soccer is definitely number one anywhere else. So it's just one of those things. Like I think about the world cup what, like, will that pull an even bigger draw because there are people who follow European soccer or, or even MLS here in the States, but it's a very small pool, but maybe an event like a world cup. And if we've got a team that is really good, could really make it a little more popular. I don't know. It, yeah, it, look, well, we, it looks like we hosted one. I, I went to the quick Google search. It looks like we hosted one in 94 when I was just a wee lad. Um, okay. But like, uh, I think I think it could. It, it can't hurt. The 2026 World Cup is split between us, Mexico, and Canada. Now, that being said, it's not like evenly distributed, like half, like a third of the games in Mexico. It's like four games are in Mexico and Canada and the other how many games are all in the United States, um, which just for stadium reasons makes sense. Yeah. So I think it can. I think a lot of the problems like you see, and it's just one of those things where I don't, like the appeal is not that great over here. I don't know if it just doesn't have like the physical contact that people love out of football and football or things like that. It's, I think. I just think our, I think our best athletes play their sports. I think that's my theory is I think just the fact you're born in the States, you're going to play football, basketball, baseball soccer and it's growing i mean there's more appeal for it but like in other countries you're gonna play soccer you're gonna play tennis you're gonna play like there's just there's other sports that like people aren't playing football although basketball is growing more yeah basketball is kind of uh crazy you also think like soccer has been a lot of the soccer teams like they started in like the 18 to like early 1900s and like europe is very very old like United States is a relatively new country in the grand scheme of things. So like a lot of times, like before basketball was even invented, people like European countries have been playing soccer for hundreds of mm-hmm. years. So like, it's kind of, um, it's interesting. I think each year you're going to see an increase. I don't think uh, it's, I think if you get a very good USA team in today's culture where information and technology and highlights and all that stuff is so, I mean, 1994 wasn't that long ago, but still like, if you want to watch you, if I wanted to pull up us world cup highlights or watch a young USA star ball out on some kids and break some ankles, then I could pull it up on my phone right now. And I think that will help, especially if we have a good showing. Um, but it's tough. There's a lot of things that need to happen. I think like the NCAA needs to, I don't know if I can swear, but can go fuck itself because like they limit the amount of like soccer playing time that kids can have. So it like completely stunts and reduces all of like soccer growing. When you have kids and that when they hit the age of eight, they're joining academies to get like, to get educated in not just soccer, but all of like economics classes, reading, writing, math, arithmetic, to quote any old person. Um, they, it's just a completely different culture than it is over here. Yeah, and, and me as a football coach, I know if you got a cannon of a leg, I try to recruit you to come yeah. kick a football instead of soccer. And if you're good at soccer, you go like CP21, that nickname sticking, by the way, Pulsic. You go over to Germany <laughs> and go play some club over there, right? So, you know, either you got a can of leg and we, like Pat McAfee, you recruit him to go yeah. kick football. Yeah. Or you go to Europe and go play. Yeah. And that's exactly, it's like, how much are you willing, especially, but you got to think like American football and things like that and basketball, there's so many opportunities here in the States for low income families for soccer. Like soccer is not a low income family sport. It's so like, it shouldn't require much, but most, most of the high profile soccer academies and trainings are mm-hmm. for the rich and wealthy people. And that's just not, it is um, wild. and I, that's something that I think it's overlooked that is worth noting as well. Like, uh, 
the best soccer players in the world do not come from like super wealthy backgrounds. Like, I mean, everyone talks about Pele dribbling his little sock ball with the rocks in Brazil. And some of that's true. And some of that's like outlandishly hyperbolic, but at the same time, like soccer, the premier soccer academies are, does it are very expensive. And, and I think the, I think basketball and football, for example, like they have a lot of people who come from lower income like areas, they open up opportunities for that where soccer does not. So of course you're going to attract better athletes to like better, like if there if there's better opportunities for them, like you're telling me you're going to turn down, a, you're going to get an MLS contract at like $35,000 a year or kick a football for fucking millions of dollars. Hell no, I'd kick a football all day. Um, I mean, my question is English Premier League, are, have the top four been decided yeah, the top four definitely have been pers- – uh, Liverpool won, finished – they were a bunch of points ahead of everyone. This is their first trophy in, like, 23 years. Uh, but first, like, title trophy. I think they've won the FA Cup or the Carabao Cup throughout there. Um, Tim and Evan and Parker and Devin don't know what that is. Google it. Um, a little <laughs> soccer tournament uh, that goes on in England. But, uh, yeah, Premier League is set – is basically – let me see if I can pull up the final – standing but the table is just about so I don't think anything can else can happen yeah Liverpool's clear of 98 points so Liverpool finished first place 98 second place Man City who's firmly in second place at 78 points so almost like a 20 point difference um third place will be Man United because I don't think anyone can catch them no third place will be Man United fourth place is Chelsea and they're tied on points and they and everyone has a game to play so basically fourth place is going to be between well, third and fourth is going to be between Man United, Chelsea, and Leicester City because it's the last day of matches. Chelsea plays Wolves on Sunday at 11 a.m. That would uh, That's actually kind of big because if Wolves could kind of cement that him, them into fifth place. So Evan was correct last week when he was talking about top four qualifying for Champions League football. The problem is Man City is under some allegations and scandals, and I think the appeal has already been over that everyone said Man City is fine. But if there's like an appeal to the appeal to the appeal, then Man City can technically lose their Champions League spot. So that means that spot will open up to fifth, and that's a big deal. That's like you're talking the difference between like 30 million euros for transfer spending to like 80 million euros for transfer spending. And fifth, so you it's normally like a huge deal to get that fourth spot. Fifth place normally goes to Europa Cup, right? Yeah. So but fifth I think, and sixth but go that, to Europa. I saw that got canceled due to COVID, or at least yeah. So they're all like Champions League is not playing right now. They're trying to restart it at some time. That's really tough because you have it's not just like England's playing England. You have Tottenham was flying to Germany. You have teams flying to Italy, Portugal, Turkey. If if there's a Turkish team that makes it that far, but. uh so like it's it's tough to start because you really have to make sure that all travel restrictions are available because if not then you're just making things worse. Um, but soccer predictions, Chelsea Wolves. I know everyone's gonna want CP two. What do you call him? CP twenty one. That would CP twenty one. Yeah, next year he'll be CP twenty two. Gotcha. CP, they're rising. <laughs> they're rising, young buck. Um, I think Wolves is gonna win that. Um, I think Wolves wants to make a push. I think they have a very young, good, fun attacking team. Uh, yeah, put it down. Leicester, Man United, that's also going to be a game that's going to be fun to watch because that can help decide Champions League placement. I'm going to have to – I know – I'm pretty sure that's at Leicester, uh, but I think Man United kind of sets the deal. They've had some issues, but they're attacking for uh, front of Bruno Fernandez, Anthony Martinal, and uh, Marcus, Rashford, uh, Marcus Rashford has just been filthy. Like, it's been a disgusting attacking top three that have – I think they have the most goals in Europe. Like, between the three of them, they have more goals than the Barcelona or Bayern Munich or Real Madrid 
top three. Uh, other notable games, let's see, Tim's favorite team, Southampton. <laughs> they play F field. No Cardinal one Directions. Let's yeah, go. Cardinal Directions. Liverpool plays Newcastle. No one cares. Liverpool's going to win that. Uh, Tottenham plays Crystal Palace. Tottenham will beat them. Also, game kind of doesn't matter. This is like the fifth year in a row Tottenham finished above Arsenal in the standings. I just would like to make that noted. Um, Arsenal sucks. If you like Arsenal, you need to reconsider your favorite teams. I don't know. Am I viewers to, to lose, that? I guess. I know. Oh, shoot. Yeah, I forgot. There's like 1.5 million viewers here. So, like, I'm assuming that, like, a couple of them are Arsenal fans. And that's fine. We all make mistakes. I was going to say, my buddy Sam, he's an, he's an avid listener. He's an, he's an Arsenal guy. Sam, if Great. you're listening, don't listen to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> They don't call me soccer expert for nothing, okay? I clearly did tons of research and my degrees in soccer. So he's a doctor of FIFA, yeah. I do have my doctorate in FIFA. Um, um also Devin's here. Devin never beat me in Rocket League. I would just like that noted. <laughs> Damn. Be- shots before fired. before we get in there, before <laughs> big news from Queen City, Charlotte. We're all all oh, five yeah. of us live in North Carolina. They have released Charlotte Football Club will be an MLS team, which is huge. I know that city's been pushing for it, and they finally got it. Um, we've reached out to them. Hopefully, they'll get back to us. Their marketing team has been back and forth with us, so hopefully we get with them. Uh, but, your, Danny, your thoughts on Charlotte finally having an MLS squad? Uh, awesome. Awesome. North Carolina's needed a team for a long time. The closest team to North Carolina, like MLS level, is, what, D.C. or Atlanta? Um, I think this is a great time. I mean, outside outside of the Corona pandemic and things like that, like soccer is growing. Like look at what Atlanta United did the past couple seasons where they're like making huge bucks and that uh, Mercedes Benz stadium, I don't know, sponsored by hard rock, sponsored by Chick-fil-A, sponsored by <laughs> enter some capitalistic name here, like is all over it. And like, they're making bank and they're not only that they're playing actually like kind of cool attacking soccer. So super excited. I believe, I love the name. I knew they were doing like a vote on it. I love the color. Um, exciting. It's, it's exciting. It's cool. Um, if I, my career takes me out towards Charlotte, I'll definitely be a season ticket holder. It's nice. Exciting. We got we got a lot of tailgates as pub sports talk, and so that's one we're putting on our calendar. First Charlotte football club game. Danny, you yeah. down to join us? Absolutely. We'll tailgate it and we'll go to the game as the first one ever. Yeah, a hundred percent. We'll have a we'll do our little uh, we'll do a, like a whole tent and like maybe bring out the old dad's Astro vans and things like that and paint some signs on it. Yeah. Drink uh, drink beer if you're over twenty one. We'll drink responsibly too. There it is. That's right. Do they have a mascot by chance? I hope it's something great. It's Can it just be, be gritty? Cool. Can it be the, the, the hockey mascot with the crazy googly eyes? Can we just adopt him as well? <laughs> you can't just copycat. You gotta have something like like the the Charlotte Whirly Gigs. Anyone? No, oh, yeah, whirly, not sticking. Yeah. Still Good callback from last week there. I was gonna say, that's yeah. our Washington team. Well, the Washington's Washington Predators now. Oh, oh, oh. sorry. No, oh, no. Leak. Is that true? Is that I, breaking? I, I do have some breaking news about that, but I'll save it. Tim, I saw what you did there with Dan Snyder being a predator. That's messed up, but also. Oh, yeah, that was <laughs> oh no, sorry, we guys. can't do that. <laughs> oh, my oh, my gosh. Danny, thank you so much for your soccer minutes. You've truly educated us. You are welcome back any week because clearly – we need to do some soccer research. You know more than us. All four of us. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you're welcome back any week. I actually have like a 70. I had a friend ask me 
to, they wanted to become a soccer fan. And I have a 70 PowerPoint slide, like PowerPoint I made. It's really disgusting and nerdy, uh, <laughs> but I made it. If I, I'll send it to Evan. I think he'll read it. I don't think the rest of you will read it. I'll read it. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate yeah. it, Danny. I really do. It's like it's literally seventy slides, like full slides on soccer. Devin, a rebuttal to the Rocket League comment. Good old twist. Let's broadcast. <laughs> are you are you a champ yet? I only play against champs. For our viewers that don't know, we made up the greatest dynasty of intramural sports there ever was at Appalachian State University, and one of the greatest plays ever made was your diving catch into the end zone. <laughs> and I, I can see it in slow motion still, and it's been all these years. Is a tight end game, tight end out route. Yep, uh, on the we were like five yard line to win the game. Rolling out, there was a beautiful ball just out of this possession of a cornerback, Mendez. You toe tap it, both feet. NFL rules <laughs> there, both feet. You extend, die for it, Superman esque collarbone snap. Walk us through that. How'd that feel? Because that was the most athletic moment I've ever seen on an intramural field. ESPN 30 for 30 hit us up. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I never played football, obviously, if you can ever – if just judging by the sound of my voice and how I talk, I've clearly never played a game of American football. Um, but – so, yeah, I played soccer forever, so I had pretty good footwork. And we were uh, – was that the semifinals or the finals for intramurals? The semis? I think semis are quarters. Something like that. Um, and I just remember Jake Turney rolled out right, like he always does. Uh, king of the rolling out right. Toss it to me. And I knew, like, I was just like, ooh, I can totally catch this. I, I got this pair of football gloves. I got it like a Marshalls or a Ross, also good sponsorship. Like, these are sticky, I guess. Like, I can totally hold on to this. So I laid out and dove and caught it. And I knew I was going to, like, I, I don't know, if, balls, if the ball hit my hand, I was going to catch it. I've, I've played sports before. I am somewhat, I know what to do. Um, and I just remember, like, catching it, hitting, like, my left shoulder just straight on the, like, acting like I've never fall, like, fell before in my life. And I just hear, like, this gross, like, knocking pop sound. And I was just like, ouch, like, that hurt. And I just remember I look over and, I think it was Tim and Evan come sprinting over at me, just pure joy and elation. We're hyped on up. Their face, the coolest like game-winning catch. Yeah, I was cool. I, I, we totally went to I don't know, enter classy Boone Bar. We went to Pelucci's after and had if I didn't break my collarbone, we we're gonna have all the ladies and the drinks. And um, <laughs> I just, I'm so like I was like, ah, I think I dislocated my shoulder. And Evan comes up, or was it one of you two goobers? Yeah, comes I think up it was and just me. starts like hammering my chest. I think that was me. <laughs> like a gorilla while I'm on the ground. And I think I'm just saying, ow, like just repeatedly over and over, like ow, ow, ow. And I get up and it, I, I'm sure I said some swear words. And I think we tried to put my collarbone back into place because we thought I just dislocated my shoulder. So we're just like jarring a broken clavicle against the other broken bone. Um, didn't shed a tear. I'm a tough guy. Uh, no, no, not to brag. It's a weird flex, but I'm pretty tough, I think. And I just remember, like, <laughs> I'm so excited we caught this. Uh, one of our friends, Vlad, takes us, not Putin or anything, takes us to um, 
takes me to the emergency room and the doctor, I literally just walk in, I like take off my shirt, uh, which is what I do normally when I meet a girl. And the doctor looks at me and just goes, yeah, you broke your clavicle. And I was just like, are you sure? And she like, that, like, I just asked a doctor if they're sure about their decision, someone who has no medical advice. Like I'm, tw- I'm what, 19, 20 at the time and I'm questioning <laughs> a doctor. I'm like, yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah, it's, you broke your clavicle. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, that's a bummer. All this to hopefully win a t-shirt. I mean, I guess it kind of went slow-mo and kind of like Friday Night Lights-esque. I heard the song, like the, you know, when Jason Street gets hurt, it's kind of like that, I would say. Probably very similar. <laughs> I mean, I still remember it is wild. Like, cause it, you know, it didn't happen to me, you know, is I was, I was running some other route and I see you and you, and you had a perfect, like you just did your little out route low and away throw and you dove for it and I was like man I can't believe he caught that and then of course I'm hyped up and I did I do remember I like ran up to you and I'm like slapping you on the chest my like, let's go <laughs> and you're just like you're giving me this look like something is like painfully wrong and I'm just like but 230 pounds fell on my left clavicle <laughs> it did not it did not sustain the weight I don't know my body also didn't know I could do that it clearly was upset at me for trying to exert itself past a certain degree and it paid me it cost me to, oh I remember feeling it it's a gross feeling and I remember wearing a sweatshirt with a broken clavicle for an eight degree weather in lovely Boone, North Carolina. Yeah, greatest, most athletic play. I would hands down say probably one of the most athletic plays of my life. And that's why I don't do athletic things anymore. <laughs> uh, like <laughs> there's no, uh, there's no point. Um, it was, well, that was like, what, a year after I tore my ACL meniscus, Parker? It was, yeah. Something yep. like that. That was the like, year I had torn mine, so. Yeah, so we're just, uh, I have decided that uh, meaningless sporting events, not meaningless, that was for the boys um for the boys and i'm no longer going to try to attempt anything athletic i'll just become a lawyer and read books and strain my eyes instead of anything else wise wise man (laughs) hey danny i think one of the viewers had mentioned they wanted like like a live action replay of it so we're all going to get together and uh you can go ahead and make that dive again that'd be great yeah absolutely i will you're we'll get a we'll get a stunt double yeah, like, we're whoa. definitely going to need a stunt, a stunt double. Well, like, as long as Tim promises to give me, like, free physical therapy one day for me having to, like, rehab my shoulder again, then, yeah, I'm 100% down. It's a bone. It will reheal. Um, yeah, I'll put it in the books. Yeah, <laughs> put it in the books. Yeah, we could definitely – that could be a sports uh, pub talk, like, reenactment video of me. And knowing my luck, we'll, I'll be like, no, it'll be fine. We'll put, like, a little mattress or something underneath it, like, high quality, and I'll just break it again. It'll be fine. This is our second YouTube video, boys. We're, we're good. Yeah, yeah. Not We won't be, uh, we'll, I don't know, we'll come up with a cool YouTube name to make us seem really cool and get all, like, get all the clout. Is that what the kids call it these days? It's all about the, the clout kingdom. The yeets. I think it's called yeet. All the yeet. All the yeet. I don't want to say that. <laughs> what? Oh, I'm sorry. It's not yeet. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Yeah, we, hey, want, you, we want you back on once the Champions League starts. Oh, absolutely. And when I'm not studying and haven't like pulled four all-nighters and probably not drunk, I'll be able to give you like a whole kit and caboodle breakdown. You're welcome back any week, Danny. Danny, thank you so much. That is Mendez Minutes. Yeah, Danny! Yeah. Danny Mendez. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thank you. That was awesome. This is a great dude. Great dude. What a guy. Keeping up with current sports, UFC not to toot my own horn again, four for five. That means I'm eight for 10 of my UFC predictions. Dang, boy. Not to say I'm on a heater, 
It's getting a little warm in here, though. I don't know. There's a little bit of three-eyed raven. Uh, bold predict. Bold predictions. UFC <laughs> Saturday, UFC Fight Island three. It's coming up, and this one I'm really excited for because we have some legends coming out of the woodwork. Um, our co-main event: Robert Whitaker versus Darren Till. Whitaker is on a eight match streak like he's crushing folks and since he's moved up a weight class too um i like him over till till is a great grappler but i think whitaker is going to knock him out then you have my favorite fight of the night shogun hua versus antonio little nug Nuguera. i am so excited for this one these are three let these are two legends they start off in pride back in 2005 i'm really excited for them and the vegas odds actually have um, little nug going at plus 160 that's expected but i think shogun Hua gets it done he is at minus 198 then you have uh fabrico weirdom versus alexander gustaf uh gustafson i like gustafson he's a striker he's tall like he's got six inches on the kid i think he gets it done then you got the women's esperanza versus odds esperanza She's the underdog at plus 134. Put your money on her. She's on a streak right now. Get her done. Craig versus Intergalovs. Um, I like Craig. They're, this is even – this is a 50-50 bout. I think with a, last, with a nickname like Bear Jew, you got to go with Craig. I mean, you can't beat that nickname, Bear Jew. So, I'm going with him. And that's my predictions for UFC Fight on 3. Boys, any thoughts? Isn't Gustafson the guy that went the uh... – with the distance with Jones, that is the him. Guy that they, yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, I know he's a he's a monster, and he's always fought John Jones really well. I don't think his last fight went as well as the first one, but it, it didn't. But he, as far as I can remember, he's the best matchup for Bones Jones for sure. And then, yeah, that's what I was going to ask: is if uh, Craig was a guy that's nicknamed the Bear G. It's hilarious. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I don't know much about these fighters, but uh, Parker, with your streak, I'm pretty confident in your ability to determine the winner. So put some money out there, fellas. Third Eye, North Carolina, legalize online sports gambling. We'll make you a ton of money, I promise you. So wait, is sports gambling online illegal in North Carolina? Yes. I think I think like FanDuel and DraftKings is legal, correct? But like straight uh, like bookie betting is illegal so like you couldn't say like i'm taking uh over whoever for like a hundred bucks and it'd be like a straight up bet because it's not going through like if you go to vegas it's going through like the gambling commission okay yeah so so in north carolina they, they they're allowing casinos but not online and that's because the state wants their cut along with the native americans because that's where our casinos are they're on their reservations um so hopefully in the next year or so we see that legalized then we can go um, have some fun with it but cool the more you know the less you don't we're gonna talk about golf pj memorial tournament and yeah. all four of our misses did you guys watch the memorial weekend most of it well I watched, one, right? like the the final final bit and then everybody freaking out about john ron yeah i actually i tuned in um most of the weekend because I, you know, I said that Tiger, I said if he's with the leaders, he'd probably have a shot. And he started the first round really strong. And it was like, I don't know if you guys saw the weather the first day, 
but it was like windy, like 20 to 25 mile per hour winds. So that was why the golf scores were so low. And, but it was interesting because they kept saying all weekend, 48 of the top 50 golfers were in this tournament. It was like the most stacked field the Memorial's ever been. And one, it's because, you know, Memorial has become just a really solid PGA event. But I think also not having the Masters and, and pushing back the, the U.S. Open and all these other events, it, it felt like it was one of the majors that you were watching because there were so many people in it. Anyway, Tiger started strong, and then he just kind of dropped off. And it was funny because last week, I just I, I made a comment. I said I think Tony Finau might be due, and and he was and he was le- he was leading at one point, and then he was second or third. But by the fourth round, by Sunday, we were all just watching John Rahm run away with this thing, and Finau Finau tanked. But I don't know about you guys. I turned the TV off. Like, I, I was watching early, and they kept having the rain delay. And I was like, all right, I'd be real surprised if Rom doesn't win. And I think I took a Sunday nap. Like, I just, like, put it on a movie or something. And I turn it on towards the end. It's like hole 15, I think. Rom's on 15. And he had, he had kind of tanked. He had, like, the, the guy in second – had closed the gap and I was like, oh man, this is like, this could really happen. And Rom had, I think the first guy almost hit it in the water. This is the hole that Rom would have his chip in, you know, the, and the controversial, did the ball move, did it not thinking he's getting pretty close to that ball. Like he was, he was just kind of getting cute with it. And I was like, uh, uh, like, I was like, it's not moving. And then it was just a, it was a brilliant shot. I mean, he cut under it. He, he hold it again. If there were fans there, it, it'd be an iconic moment for that tournament. Uh, but then, you know, the ball moved and it didn't really do anything because he was up by so much, but it does kind of, it puts an asterisk next to it. I don't know. It's just, it was one of those ticky tacky things, but Hey, it's golf this weekend. Again, the difference between Memorial was there were it was just such a stacked field, such a loaded field. And this week it's I saw it was like Twin Cities something, but there's just not a there's just not a ton of people in it. So I'll I'll probably turn it on on Sunday and see who wins, but not really gonna give you the breakdown that I gave for Memorial. Yeah, can't blame you. I mean, it's hard to watch golf without the big names, except on a Sunday maybe. Um, especially with no sports being on right now. It's been really great to watch golf. It's been great to kind of get into it. So thanks, Evan. I'm, oh, I was I'm not- so disappointed in Shambo. I forgot about – so I don't know if you guys saw DeShambo's 10. Oh, yeah, you guys texted me about it. So the DeShambo had the the 10, um, and I don't know if you guys saw him, like, getting upset about it. Like, he was asking for a ruling because his ball was, like, it's like an inch away from in or out, and I don't know. It's just <laughs> it's like over. His true colors definitely shined, I think, because like he was like such a little baby back bitch to the, the yeah. official, and then like his his caddy was like blocking the camera as he was walking off the green 
of the holes that he got a 10 on. So, like, yeah. it was just, like, the strangest, like, implosion I've ever seen. And, again, for him, he has just dominated golf for, like, yeah, I'd say, like, just in the past few months. And they even talked about him. I think, I think the first hole, like, I think it's, like, the first day, first hole, he just hits a – he hits a bomb off the tee – and hits it over all the bunkers. And it was funny because they had Jack Nicholas doing commentary. And he's like, yeah, I think we need to put a sand bunker out there about – because, like, he basically – DeChambeau just hit it over everything that could have been a hazard. Like, in like, nobody nobody can play it like that because there's only one DeChambeau. But it was just interesting because I'm like, man, yeah, like, DeChambeau, he'll be playing for sure. And he played he played worse than Tiger. So – I don't know. It's just it's kind of just I I had a lot of hype for this tournament, and and I felt let down by it. But maybe it was the weather is a tough course. Um, Could you see any like conspiracy theory of Deshambo's implosion being planned and no. maybe bumping up Tiger? <laughs> no. No. Dang it. Hot take. It's rigged. It's all rigged. It's all rigged. The money scheme. <laughs> uh, moving on from golf, uh, Dev, real quick, any NASCAR news for us? Yeah. So last week we talked uh, – We I think we were doing the podcast at the time that the All-Star race was on. Uh, but it was awesome because Chase Elliott ended up winning the All-Star race. And you know who he had to edge out to, uh, to win? Any takers? Any guesses? Kyle Bush, your boy Kyle, Kyle Bush, <laughs> beats Kyle Bush in the All Star race. Great stuff, loved it. Um, moving into the Sunday, they went to Texas, um, and I'm pretty sure Austin Dillon won it. Um, mm-hmm. Not a huge Austin Dillon fan, but don't. I mean, he doesn't bother me. He's just kind of one of those neutral guys you don't really root for or you don't really root against. Uh, and then coming up, we have uh, Kansas Speedway race, and I'm telling you, there. I'm thinking it's going to be Harvick. The guy is just going off this whole this whole season. Uh, and another weird thing that NASCAR is doing is they're foregoing practice and uh, like pole position stuff. So like, they're not going <clears> to. <throat> what they usually do is you'll hear them like running like hours before the race and they're basically trying, they're either practicing or trying to have the fastest lap for the pole position. So that's what they'll like do their fastest lap. And then if you're the fastest guy, you're in the, the lead and then like the slowest guys is in the back. But now it's, it's going to be just kind of like a draw out of the hat type thing to, for pole position, which is kind of interesting. I think it actually, I kind of like that better because I don't really, I don't really – I've never really understood why, like, you run the fastest practice lap so that you automatically start in the front. I always thought that was just kind of like – I don't know. I thought it was weird. Um, is, that, is that because of Rona? Are they worried about kind of the spread and contain, containment? I, I believe so. I think it's just, like, minimizing all the stuff that the pit crews are having to do and just – I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know. I really don't know why they're doing it, but I can't imagine it would be anything other than because of the. All right, I think that catches up for current news. 
Uh, moving on to NFL, real quick, let's talk about the new Rona rules potentially. No preseason games. They're doing away with it. Uh, I know for, for guys that, especially, Devin, you played with that app, you look for those preseason games because that's how the guys make the cut, whether they make it in practice, leading up training camp, and then in the games. Um, but those games are important because that's how other teams see them because they're not there to watch them every day in practice. I think that's a big deal. I know the roster size is, is bigger, um, and they're only doing one cut instead of three. Um, but I think it's got big implications for small schools or for guys who are on the bubble of making a team. Maybe they're on that 54-man roster, 55, and they got to make that 53. I think it's going to be a big problem. Uh, we're going to see a lot of guys who are sleepers not make teams now. The the harsh reality is like like a lot of the guys that are on these NFL rosters are they're not really getting playing time, and then a lot of them are getting like a year or two in the league before they get kind of booted up. I know like it's professional sports, so it's not like a, everybody gets a participation trophy kind of thing, but you also aren't getting that full aspect of like you know you've got a a guy that went undrafted and you don't even know if the guy can really ball because you're not seeing him in like a professional uh, playing setting. You're just, you're just basing him off of, you know, what you saw leading up to that. So I, I have a huge issue with the not having a preseason game. I think you should at least have one or two. I also think that like in high school when we did scrimmages, like that was like, you know, we would only play like, 20 snaps total maybe uh like per scrimmage and uh i think that was a good segue into like playing a full football game yeah and so i mean i could see it being like a potential mental block for some guys uh playing like a, a whole football game and it could be a potential maybe injury issue yeah i mean i know the, the phrase is practice how you play, but it's hard to because you get that adrenaline pumping and you see a different color in front of you, a different guy who's not, quote, unquote, your brother, your teammate you go against every day. You're going to go a little bit harder. And so it's, you know, at least playing in high school, they might play like Tarzan in practice, but then the lights come on, they play like Jane, you know. And so it's a good kind of cloth of who's who's really supposed to be the starter plus – is your body used to that adrenaline pump? Is it used to like, hey, you've got to go full throttle. This guy's trying to kill you now. It's not just a teammate. Yeah, I actually I've been watching because I I got NFL Game Pass for the year last year. It's just my way of keeping up with NFL. Um, especially if you work on Sundays, I can just record all the games. But I still have it and I've been watching old Packers games. And it was funny because I actually I watched a preseason game. This is so weird, but it was Aaron Rodgers' like debut as a quarterback. It was the year after Favre retired. Really, he went to the Jets, but Rodgers came in. He actually played against the he played against your Bungles, but um, I watched it because it was just kind of like, yeah, this is kind of the true passing of the torch. And it was interesting because like the commentators are talking about Aaron Rodgers, like he hasn't proven himself. And so, again, for, like, these players, whether they're playing for a practice squad or playing for a roster spot or even, like, playing to be a starter, like, if you're Tua or if you're Joe Burrow and you haven't played in an NFL game, just just being, like, in a preseason matchup, it just kind of – I feel like it helps get some of those those early jitters out 
So I even think I, I could, I think like maybe the first few weeks of NFL could even feel like preseason. Like there may be a lot of false starts. There may be a lot of miscues that, that really haven't worked out. Um, so it, I, I don't know. I think it, it puts more pressure on the teams to build that chemistry and try to, I don't know how you simulate the game. I don't, I don't know if there's any other way, but I think that is where I think preseason is important. I also think it's like, it's important, but it's not, it isn't, it isn't a huge deal. We don't need four games. We need two maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. I guess my opinion, I mean, I agree with everything you guys say makes sense. Like, you got to see what players can and play and who can ball out, who you actually drafted or signed up. You got to get your time in the spotlight, and that's kind of the time to do it for, uh, quote-unquote, those unnamed players who are just new to the game. But I guess the thing that can't be, uh, I guess, negated is the possibility of the long-term effects of COVID. We're still, I mean, research shows it's still not quite sure what, uh, consequences could be of developing it, especially not for athletes. I mean, you already have the immunocompromise and the respiratory illness for, you know, those people with the comorbidities. But what about those high-end athletes who, you know, they may get COVID and at the time they don't think twice about it, but we're not quite sure what it, the implications it could have on their health and ultimately their career as an athlete. So it's like, yeah, you really want to pull for these guys and you want to give them every chance uh, to get their name out there and to make the big play, to catch the coach's eye, to get them on the starting spot. But at the same time, like how much are you willing to risk in the moment for not saying COVID is going to have these long-term implications, but what if it does? What if, what if you have, you know, short, shortness of breath, you know, at an earlier onset versus, you know, you, so maybe that takes you out a whole drive and then, Two years from now, you know, you, you can't really breathe without uh, supplementation. I mean, that may sound extreme, but we can't rule this out. And I think that's just the biggest thing is like, I understand where the players are coming from. You know, the league tried compromising. Let's get two games in there. And the league or the players were still like, no. And, and honestly, I just have to side with the players. Like as good uh, of a thing as preseason game is, for their health sake and for their future career, I just, I, I can't really see them. Like I, I totally agree with canceling preseason, minimizing contact, even though I still think it's going to be just a mess. During the season. Yeah. It's just something, it, it's just something that they're going to work around. Like I don't, I don't disagree with the decision at all. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, but it's going to be tricky to pinpoint where exactly those miscues are coming from. So, you know, you have this kind of shortened training camp, this condensed training camp, without the preseason games, but you also have to look at the off season and uh, you know, they haven't been able to get in group meetings. And so you have to really pinpoint, we're going to see increased injuries almost without a doubt. We're going to see players muff up uh, without those reps, but we can't necessarily say, Oh, it was definitely the preseason games that caused this issue. We, we would have caught this beforehand or, you know, ever since uh, February or March when all this started, trickling down it's there's going to be changes the, the frustrating thing is we can't pinpoint like yeah preseason games are pointless because look at all this stuff or no we need them because mm -hmm. look at all these injuries we have or look at all these players we have no, no idea about it's just off it's frustrating all around 
This is going to be a wild time in the NFL. It's going to be wild. I know we talked about going to Panthers training camp or, or another team's training camp. Guys, I got bad news. They have limited media at training camps due to Corona fear, due to COVID fear. So, Devin, I'm going to need you to snap some necks, cash some checks, <laughs> see if we can get in there. We'll just – we'll get in there. Don't you worry. Okay. Put the team on your back, Dave. We'll be there. So along with limiting media, um, they're going to test players every other day. Uh, That was kind of the compromise. Um, I think players are going to have to pay for it, though. That's going to be a little interesting um, because those tests, I'm sure they're going to add up if you're doing every other day for, I think, the first three weeks. Um, And then no trading jerseys after a game which that's became – it was a Premier League. It was a soccer thing, and then the NFL's kind of brought its way into it of trading jerseys. Um, interesting fact, I didn't know – I didn't realize you had to pay for that jersey you trade. Um, you got fined by the team. Probably that I forget. Was. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's, I forget, that seems, baby. That seems kind of petty <laughs> on the teams. Like, come on, just, just give them the jersey. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. In the team's defense, though, like the ownership, I feel like – the jersey swap has got super saturated, and it's mm-hmm. just, like, not even, like, a big deal. Like, you see, like, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady ex- exchange jerseys. That's that's pretty big. But, like, two receivers that played in a, uh, a regular season game where neither one of them are going to playoffs, they're just buds. Like, it just doesn't seem, like, like very special to me. Yeah. You get your backup long snapper and uh, your third-string punter over there Trading jerseys. Uh, yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. Uh, but those are the really the big rules. Um, guys, real quick, I think NFL is playing this year. I'm not sold on college. Your all thoughts? NFL playing, college not? Dude, I'll be surprised if anything, like, pros down plays at all. Yeah. I still am not sold that the high school kids are going to play. Uh, I know at least in like, like Surrey County, there uh, it's still up for debate. But I highly doubt they play. Yeah, same here in Franklin County. Me being a coach, I, I love to. I want it for my seniors. I want it for my kids. But I don't see it happening at the high school level. What's What's the odds that they would like if everything you know smooths out? Could they move that to spring? I mean, what's the what's the like blowback to doing that? That seems to be like, oh, we're not going to play football in the fall. We'll play in the spring. But unfortunately, you know, me also being a wrestling coach, I'm, I'm not fooling anybody. We need football to pay for certain things. Football is your 800-pound gorilla in the room, followed by basketball, who's a 200-pound gorilla, and then every other sport doesn't make money. Like we talked about in a previous podcast, you need football to pay for sports. And so moving to spring, now you – you're playing that what-if game, what if we don't make that money, and now school's in a hole even more. Yeah, I hate to be the bearer of these negative opinions, but um, I definitely think we're not going to have sports in the fall. Uh, collegiate level down, I don't think we're going to have sports in the spring, collegiate level down. Uh, I think we'll have professional sports, but I think it's going to take it's going to take a, a government intervention for them to stop, because ultimately that's I mean, they're not student athletes or students. That's people's jobs. And so I think that's going to be like the final straw, like the government will have to step in. Um, But yeah, I just, it's, 
unfortunately COVID's a political issue because it's been made that way. And I just don't mm-hmm. think, I don't think we're going to have sports um, through probably summer of 2021, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. I mean, and you're talking about pros, you got billion dollars. People aren't going to lose their money, but yeah, student athletes, you're, you're asking a kid who the university shut down to come in and play a football game. That's not going to happen. Yeah. I'm with you, Tim. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, it is just, it's blowing my mind that like in March, you know, in March, that was the big news was canceling March madness. And we were all under the impression, okay, like we're giving up March madness. We're moving the masters. We're moving NBA. But like, I would have thought like by July, we're talking about, you know, reopening things and, and really beating COVID. Like I, I really feel like that was the hope, but but it feels like we've handled it worse than anybody. <laughs> and to say that, you know, and, and people may criticize me for saying that's fake news. And it's like, what are we talking about? You know, like, what are we, what are we even looking at? So it is, it is irritating that it, it feels like we can't come together on this. We'll see. I think college level, I mean, they already, they, they already, trim their schedule to only be their conference and i i think college i think they're going to pull the plug on it i don't think they're going to have a season yeah i mean you've, you've got a lot of universities who only bring in their freshmen for training camp right now and some of them have been closed down and that's yeah. just freshmen sucks for clemson fans because i think Clem, i thought clemson was gonna run the table again yeah we made all our predictions um, which it happens if it does happen. I don't think any of us think it will, but if it does happen, we're going to place our odds and you guys can put some money on it out there. Yeah. Let's see if you can make some I need money. to change my big, my big 10 pick has to change. Cause if Ohio state, if Ohio state's not playing Oregon, they're going to run that conference. <laughs> but if they play, if they play against Oregon, they're going to lose. There's no turning back now. Evan. <laughs> Already made the graphic. Sorry. Yeah, man. <laughs> I forgot to talk about it during current events. Major League Baseball opening days back. Yankees, Nationals, that seems to be the big game. What's your all's picks on it? I'll give you the Yanks. I'll take yeah. the Nats because they yeah. they were better last year. Have they announced who's pitching? Yeah, it's uh, uh, Cole versus Cerez. Yanks for sure. Or Cerezar, sorry. Cerezar. Yeah. I can't read. Yeah. <laughs> You're good. Well, I only follow the KBO, the Korean baseball organization, and uh, my picks for their game on Thursday, uh, I'm going to take the KT Wiz over the LG Twins. I just think the LG Twins are totally overrated. Um, but don't sleep on the Doosan Bears. They're they're coming up strong. And, of course, my Samsung Lions, they're doing great. So if, if you're following KBO at 530 in the morning um, – that's going to be Thursday and Friday and a game Saturday, Sunday. So watch out for it. Tim, uh, Tim, are you watching those games? Yeah, I, you know, I, w- I wake up a little <laughs> early and, you know, just as I'm drinking my coffee, just watch, uh, you know, some Kia Tiger action. It's great. I th- okay. I thought so. I just wanted to make sure. Okay. Yeah. Hey, SKT, like the esports team or just KT? Uh, I know SKT is definitely esports. Um, 
I thought I thought you said SKT. Oh no, sorry. Uh, I was like, what? How many teams there? KT Wiz, yeah. KT Wiz, interesting. Yeah. Random question time, Devin. Let's see what you get. Give it one second. Let me get the the goofy brain rolling. I was as we're I got I got one just like not even it doesn't have anything to do with sports. Perfect. <laughs> if you could be any dinosaur, which one would you be? Man, well, like first question, I gotta think: Do I am I a carnivore or am I herbivore? Or you could be an omnivore. All right, yeah. I don't think I'm a carnivore type. I feel like I have to be, I have to be kind of a meat little plant eater. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go ahead and say, Brachiosaurus. Lock it down. Good pick. Very good pick. Parker. You know, I just took my nephew to the Georgia Aquarium in Atlanta Zoo. Um, we we're talking about the whale shark and how impressive it was. And so, in honor of, of my little nephew, I'm going to go Megalodon. What is that? It's that giant-ass shark. Mega- yeah, <laughs> Megalodon is a giant-ass shark. The funny thing oh. is they're not extinct. They're still alive. Yeah, so watch out. That's the best part in Jurassic World. <laughs> Spoilers, dude. Come on. Hey, I didn't know. It's just the best part. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> I got to go with the, uh, the mighty Ankylosaurus got that ball right on the tip of his tail. I could just get the tar out of things. Tail whipping my way through the forest. Watch, watch. Like a ball on the tip, huh? Right. <laughs> Parker. I'm going to that out. Don't worry. For me, it's a Triceratops. I've always liked the little, little three-horned guys. thought they were hilarious. I like those. Is that the is the Triceratops poop from Jurassic Park? Yes, that would be the poop where he's, yeah. where he's eating the or where it's been eating the berries and they're poisonous. Feel bad for the guy. <laughs> it's a lot of shit. <laughs> well, that was a good question. I like it. Guys, that'll wrap it up. That's another episode of Pub Sports Talk, episode nine. Let us know your thoughts, questions. Um, future topics laid on us hit us on instagram email us at pubsportstalk at gmail.com boys anything hit us up with some questions folks we want to hear what you got to say and we want to talk about what you want to talk about hit us up with some questions topics anything we're the podcast of the people even a fun question if you don't have a sports question but you got a fun question we're always scrambling for those so shoot them shoot them to us Two together. <laughs>